Well, Happy New Year, Abiding Place. It, it is a time for, for new beginnings, isn't it? For a fresh start, which is good. I'm, I'm a little tired. I slept restlessly last night. I had a dream about chasing Miko all over New Song <laughs> while Pastor Richard was preaching. No, that's not true. <laughs> oh, man. So I don't want to make this necessarily a word for the year, but uh, it was abundantly clear when I got on in this morning and I was just in prayer and study. This is going to be an amazing year, and every year with the Lord can just continue to get better and better, can't it? And I think one of the hallmarks of this year, I hope for me personally, and maybe after the message, you may hope for yourself personally, for everything in your life to be shaken. Everything that is not of God, anything that would hinder, anything that would hold you back from everything God has for you, you can actually trust God, invite him, expect him to come and reveal, to shake, and to remove those things that are not of him. That's, that's a brave way of living, honestly, but it's also a way of faith. It's a way of trust. God, I believe what you want is the very best for me, and I yield to that. I surrender to that. So one of the thoughts, the concepts that's been going through my mind, in fact, even before I share this, I, I just want to pray that our hearts are ready, that our eyes are going to be open, our ears are going to hear. Father, we just Thank you for this new year. Thank you for last year and all that you've done. We are so grateful. Let joy arise in each one of our hearts that we have uh, opened our eyes to a brand new year, to brand new areas that you want to shake and birth and release and heal and reveal in each one of our lives that we can celebrate your goodness coming and bringing to completion that work you're doing in each one of us. We just say yes and amen. We want to live yielded lives before you, a surrendered life with a heart that wants nothing more than what you're doing in the moment. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've been having a realization that's been going on for several months, and it's honestly something very good to prayerfully meditate on. I'm more convinced than ever maybe in my life that the minute you begin to realize you are powerless, you are starting to become powerful. Because you are powerless to control the people in your lives. Can I get an amen? amen? Have you ever tried? It doesn't work out so good. You are powerless to control the circumstances around you. And you can either feel victimized and weak, or you can say, God, I can't control all of that. But by your grace, I can control how I respond to the things around me. And he is a powerful God. And I don't embrace his power so now I can be powerful. I embrace his power acknowledging my own weakness. I mean, anybody who's been through the 12-step program, what do you have to do? You got to look for a power that's greater than you because otherwise you take responsibility for the things you can't control. You get frustrated by the people that you can't control. Control is an illusion. And some people say, well, God is in control. 
And I understand the sense in which they mean that, and he is a sovereign God. He can do anything, anytime to anyone that he wants. He's God. But the phrase that I like, rather than thinking he's in control, which means he's in control of people who are making wrong, sinful, abusive choices, he's not controlling every act of evil that people make. Can I get an amen? There's something off in your theology if evil is coming directly from him and his activity on the earth. He's not in control in that sense. He's in control in the fact that he's in charge. He brings justice. He allows people to make really bad choices. And he is the source of healing. He is the source of forgiveness that we all need for the bad choices that other people make and that we make. Is that right? So this year... I, I want a new beginning. I want a fresh start. I want to let go of the areas where I beat myself up over things I didn't anticipate, people I couldn't fix, things I couldn't control. It's, it's such wasted time that I'm saying, okay, Lord, you know, what are the areas you need to get a hold of? And, you know, um, Jesus had a preaching ministry. How many of you know that? In the book of Matthew, it's very clear. What, did you, what was his message? Don't you love when things are simple and focused? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mark goes a little bit further, and it says that he preached repent, and he preached basically the kingdom of the gospel, the good news. So there's good news out there for you. But by the way, for you to be a part of the kingdom, doesn't it mean he needs to be the king? that you're the one putting him in charge of every... So then what are you repenting of? I'm repenting of the things I've been in charge of. I'm repenting of my sense of control and my victimization and my self-pity. And God, I got to die to all of that. I got to turn from everything that's contrary to who you are, Jesus. And I need to behold the kingdom of heaven is right there. As my heart starts to turn... He loves to manifest himself. He loves to manifest his love, his power, his grace, his forgiveness, his healing. As you turn your heart, the whole treasures of heaven open up to you. That's a good word. So he says, repent. I think a lot of us think, oh, I repented. When I prayed that sinner's prayer, I invited Jesus into my heart. Repentance was a one-off for me. And now my sins are forgiven. I've got my get out of hell G free card and I'm just waiting to go to heaven. No, 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 no. Martin Luther, when he started the Protestant church, the revolution that shook the world, capture this for a moment. He said, all of life is repentance. It was the beginning thesis of his 95. I mean, at the very top of 95 concepts that can rock your world and bring relationship with God into your reality, for him, the biggest one was all of life is turning from your natural impulses, from the flesh, from your habit of sin, from your old life, from old curses that were spoken over you, over all your sense of failure, all of your shame. All, it's turning away from all of that and embracing what Jesus died to make yours. Isn't that right? Isn't our whole life just about... I don't know. I, I'm hoping to be practical today 
And the Lord gave me a brand new verse, never preached on this before, but it was fresh revelation to me. Is ah, isn't it when a house has fresh bread cooking in the morning, doesn't it just awaken your soul? Anybody ever have a bread maker? Come on, when that sucker goes on before you get up and you walk into the living room, it's like, oh, you know. I didn't know smell could be so satisfying. And that's the word of God to me, man. It is life. It is bread. It revives my soul. And this morning, I'm just blessed that once again, I had an encounter with God in that way. And so I just want to preface the key verse that we're going to, and I just want to remind you, if you've made him your king, you are part of that kingdom. And we're to seek first his kingdom, the kingdom of the gospel, the kingdom of a king, and his righteousness, his way of doing the right thing, his way of rightly loving. And then what? All these things. We go and pursue so many things. We're attracted by so much materialism, so much status, so many needs that we think we have. But the reality is, first things first, let me just keep my heart focused on you, Jesus, and what you're doing. And you got it covered. I don't have to fix it. I don't have to make it. I don't have to break it. You know, I just, I'm walking with you in your kingdom. So our anchor verse is Hebrews 12, 28, and 29. Therefore, since we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. What is the fire of God that he wants to consume in your life? everything that comes between you and him. And by the way, is it confusing? Charlie, you just said this is a year of shaking. But the kingdom of God isn't shaken. So where's the contradiction? There is no contradiction. In fact, the preceding verse, verse 27 of Hebrews 12 says, this expression yet once more denotes the removing of those things. So The kingdom of heaven is not shaken. Yet once more, it denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. So what does God want to shake in your life? The things that aren't of the kingdom. The things that aren't his things. Is that scary to you? Oh, but what about my comfort? What about my... uh, Uh, peace. What about my own desires? You know, God, if you shake those and I'm clinging to them, what what then? How how many of you are afraid of change? Okay, you don't actually have to raise your hands, but to, to some degree, I think we all are afraid, especially change in the area of things that we enjoy or the things we want to be in control of. But if he's really your king, he's the one who gets to decide Is this part of what's eternal in your life? Is this part of what I'm doing in your life? Or is this part of you being your own Lord? You taking care, you on the throne of your own heart. And I don't know about you. Maybe maybe I'm coming to a a gutsier place. Maybe I'm just going, hey, my years, you know, I don't have as many as I used to. I'm tired of wasting time. But God, 
I know you well enough now. I trust your goodness enough. I extend an invitation. Come and just shake it up. Everything that you don't want for me. Do you have a faith right now that can embrace that kind of shaking in your life? Do you want to get set free from those errors? And then can you trust him? Lord, show me. I don't let Charlie start his discipleship program for me. We're all in a very specialized, individual discipleship program that Jesus has just for you. And I know the areas that I would want to fix in Lori. You know, and I know the priority I have that I can guarantee you it's not the priority Jesus has for what he's healing and fixing and growing in her. And by the way, the more I try to fix her, it's beautiful, isn't it? We just get along so great. Every time I point out, you know, it, no. But when I can come alongside what he's doing and encourage and speak, and when she receives that by faith, there's no shame. There's no condemnation. It's like, wow, God's setting me free in a new area. So, shaking is coming. But the things that are of God, Robin and I were talking, and just, you know, um, obedience is better than sacrifice. Learning to just trust what is the Lord doing, what is the Lord saying, learning to listen, and, and really responding. And yeah, I, I, I want to be realistic. There are things I desperately cling to for self-comfort or a sense of false control. And so I can say with my mouth, I'm willing for that to be shaken. But I, but I want to say it from deep, deep inside. I really want to get set free. I'm, I'm not satisfied with anything else. And so I want to start with a, a final word of encouragement, and then we're going to look at a specific verse, and, and I'm going to have you look for one area in this verse that you may be willing to let God do a new work, to shake some area of your life, one of these four areas, and decide which one will be for you. But Philippians 1.6, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perf uh, in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's not you at work in you. Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah? Have you ever tried to be your own savior? You suck at it. I'm sorry. But letting him be your savior and knowing, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't even know the work that's needed in me, but he does. And I know he's going to be faithful. And he's, sorry, there are times he's unrelenting. The more blind I am, uh, I don't want to take it. That's a side road, so I'm not going to go there. So here, here's the verse that contains four areas of, if you're brave enough, of inviting God to come shake you. It's 2 Timothy 2.11. And I love that Paul prefaces this verse this way. He goes, this is a trustworthy statement. Well, that's to get your attention. Now, I don't know what verses were not trustworthy that Paul shared, but this one seemed to have a special emphasis to him. And I want you to think about this in terms of not repenting like, okay, I'm a sinner, I'm at the altar, I'm praying a sinner's prayer, the one time off repenting. I'm talking about the practical lifestyle of repenting. All of life is repentance. The turning of your life, you have to choose every day to keep turning your heart back. Anybody ever have something to draw, try to draw your attention away from the Lord? 
to draw you away from what he's doing and saying? There's a discipline. There's, and he's faithful in that area to keep your heart turning toward him, putting him back on that throne over and over again. So these are incredibly practical areas. And the next part of 2 Timothy 2.11 says, For if we died with him, we will also live. That's a question. What are the areas you haven't died to? What are the areas of your self-interest or your self-protection? What are the areas of your old ways, of your insecurities, of your fears, of your shame? What are those old ways that Jesus is calling you to die to, set them aside? I have crucified them. They're no longer... They don't have to inhabit your flesh. So now, when you really say, okay, Jesus, I died with you. You died to kill the flesh, sin once and for all. You died for me in that specific area. And what happens when you really die? You live. It's like the minute you discover you're powerless, you start becoming powerful. The minute you discover you're dead, you start to live. Isn't that amazing? So are you brave enough to pick that one? Okay, Lord, what area do I need to die? Just kill it, you know, and let me remember. By the way, when you repent, don't send a forwarding address. Don't leave the door open to sin again. Just go, oh, I died. You know, I'm not planning a resurrection party for my weaknesses and failures and sin. No resurrection for that. I like that. That's funny. I've, I've never said that before. Yeah. Fresh bread. Take a smell. Ooh. Yeah. Feed that soul. So that's one area. Second area. If we endure, we will reign. This isn't just heaven. This is right now. We, we, I don't want to just go to heaven. I want to bring heaven to earth. How about you? I want to start living like it's heaven right here and experience the love and the power and the presence of God in my life daily. But if I give up, if I quit, if I think it's too much for me, if I don't endure continuing to trust and hold on to Jesus, if I give up, I lose. It's the only way you can lose as a believer is to quit. Isn't that amazing? And if you don't quit, what happens? Woo! Now I'm ruling and reigning, not in my power, not in my wisdom, but in his. Amen. He's reigning and ruling in my life, and I'm reigning and ruling in my circumstances because of him and not because of me, because my focus is right. Come on, that's a good word. That's a more gooder word than you're responding right now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh. Enduring hardship without reacting. Phew. It's when I get all stressed out, when my mind shuts down, when I start reacting in my flesh instead of trusting in my faith, I do crazy stuff. And I don't have to be like that. That's the promise of this word. Dana, I love it. I can just feel you drawing on this message. She's got a grin on her face that's like, okay, I can't look over there too much. 
because I just, I sense virtue leaving. It's all going right to her. I hope you guys get some out of this message too, but you and I, hon. All right, sorry. You love to be pointed out, don't you? Amen. Amen. (laughs) All right, third area. If we deny him, he also will deny us. That is scary. And in my world, this does not mean unto salvation. What that means is, if you deny him in the way you're behaving, you start getting surly, selfish, aggressive, you know, self-absorbed, egotistical, defensive, reactive. You start denying him in the kind of behavior that has nothing to do with his kingdom. And guess what he does? Okay, crazy person, you want to act that way? You get the uh, results. You're going to get the fruit of acting that way. I will deny you. I can't manifest my spirit, my ways, my mercy and kingdom on behavior that isn't of me. Isn't that practical? So what are the ways? Are you brave enough again? Lord, show me. Where have I denied you? Have I denied you in trusting you for my finances? Have I denied you in trusting you for my children's salvation or for unbelievers in my neighborhood? Have I denied you in that I meet my own need instead of trusting you to bring that area of comfort into my life? What are the ways we deny him? Can can you imagine what it would be like for the Lord right now if you get a hold of this thought and a real heart of repentance and attitude of trust, you say, God, show me the areas of my life where my behavior is denying that I'm your child. Woo! I think he'll do it. And by the way, he'll do it without shame. He'll do it without condemnation like only he can. Are you brave enough? I'm asking myself too. Am I brave enough? I don't know if I want to know the areas I'm denying him, but in my heart of hearts, I know that I do. And then the last area. This is... This is it. This is the promise. This is the hope. If, isn't it funny, all of these start with if? If we died, if we endure, if we deny, if we are faithless. Have you ever responded in a faithless way to an overwhelming circumstance? Have you ever responded just with doubt? Or all I've ever seen is failure? So I don't know, God, if it's even... I know you're a God of the impossible, except for this one area, you know. (laughs) If we are faithless, oh, he remains faithful. It's not about our character, it's about his. He is committed to finishing that good work. He is committed to bringing glory, but more than glory to himself. He's bringing people to himself. As we lift him up in our lives, we draw people to the only source of genuine, perfect, permanent love and true faithfulness. For he cannot deny himself. He can't be anything different than who he is, a redeemer, a God of healing, a God of bringing the isolated into families. 
And I don't know, I hate to admit it, but I, if I really, if you pick this one, you say, okay, God, show me where am I faithless. I don't know about you, I'm faithless every day. I can say it, you know. I don't want to be, but I know I don't respond with faith in every area, but I know if my focus is on him, it doesn't have to be that way. Could you imagine? Whoa, God, this caught me so by surprise. I can't believe this is happening. What are you going to do? I, I love Graham Cook. He cracks me up. And, and he talked about, you know, if, if your mind, your heart, your faith is in the right place, when a horrible, terrible circumstances, accusation, financial setback, a medical, you know, negative result, and you just go, wow, yippee, God, what are you going to do? I know you're in this with me. I trust you. Even if it's not the outcome that I want, it's the outcome. I'm committed to the outcome that you want. There's a level of faith that accepts, responds in faith to circumstances like that. You can have your very best day on the very worst day of your life when you trust it to Jesus. Is that right? Because he is faithful. He's only capable of bringing good out of evil, out of bad. Whew. Mm. Mm. <sighs> so for me, the word that really popped out in all of this, um, these four areas I talked about and about his kingdom never being shaken, it really comes down to his faithfulness, his character. That's what we celebrate. You know, yeah, we thank him for the good things that he does, but we worship him because of who he is. And that complete, I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what happens in my circumstances. You are Jesus. You will always be Jesus. You can't be anything other than faithful to your nature. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope, without wavering for he who promised is faithful he's gonna do it he's doing it right now this is a year of shaking and this is a year to embrace the shaking to say okay god i want you to go invade those places that i wouldn't even know to invite you you're welcome to go in and set me free from my old ways Set me free from the areas that I haven't really died to you yet. Set me free from the areas where I haven't persevered and I don't know how to endure. Set me free from those areas where I deny you and my actions and my behavior. And Lord, set me free from my lack of faith in you, in the challenge that's sitting right there in front of me. It's going to be a good year. And not because you've earned it, you figured it out, you came into a special knowledge, it's because you said yes to the only one who can make it real for you and for me. Amen? So, Father, I just ask for a special grace right now for those who are willing, those who have the faith, to pick even one of these areas to trust you this year in a new and a fresh way to realize how powerless we really are and how powerful you are in that place. And so I ask it personally, Holy Spirit, right now, just come provoke each heart 
make clear. Speak a word through your word, through a friend, through circumstances, however you want to speak. We are one great big ear this year listening to what it is you're saying. And Lord, we invite you to come and shake it all up, break up the hard ground. Ho! And Lord, let those things that are truly from you remain. Just like Miko's prayer before every service, everything I say, let it fall to the ground. Everything God says, uh, let it be remembered and only remember a good message. That's such a selfish prayer. I love it. And so I'm just praying that same kind of way. Shake the things that aren't of you. And Lord, let us see the things that are from you that remain and will be eternal and help us hold fast to your kingdom that's never shaken because of your character and your faithfulness. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, if he brought a specific area to mind, either out of that verse or something else, if you'd like to receive prayer for it, um, I'll remain available for prayer as long as anybody wants it. And I've even got 24-7 my anointing oil. So, if you need healing, God's doing that too. So, God bless you all. Have a wonderful new year.